The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's going on, folks? Sharp Lessons. We're back. Some more win totals underway. We've done uh, four, Nate, of the Power 5 conferences. If you want to go back and listen, they are all there, all available. You can see us talking about it in person on Stadium Bets, the Twitter account. We posted some on Stadium as well. But we finally made it to the end of our college football win total previews, and uh, we're ending with the Conference of Champions, the Pac-12. Yep, the Pac-12, whose media days are on Friday. It's obviously a conference that seemingly is a lot of turmoil right now, uncertain future. USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten in 2024. We're not sure if maybe some other teams will join either the Big Ten. There's talks about maybe the Arizona schools and join the Big 12. But we'll just focus on this season with the Pac-12. And something to note before we start this preview Pac-12 preview, it used to be the North and the South. This year, there is no divisions in the Pac-12. The top two teams in the Pac-12 standings will play in the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas in early December. But the schedule kind of remains the same where if you're a normal Pac-12 North team, you're going to play your normal North schedule, and then you're going to play four teams from the South. So the schedules remain the same where it's kind of like divisions, but there's no divisions this year. So there's a scenario where like a Utah and USC or UCLA could play in the Pac-12 title game. doesn't have to involve an Oregon, a Washington, or any of those schools. So something to keep in mind if you're looking to bet the futures market in the Pac-12 whether it's conference title or if you can't find how to bet on to win the Pac-12 North or Pac-12 South, that explains why. Yeah, this is God's end. We don't need conferences in college football, Nate. I think it's for the better. Conference-less, divisionless, whatever it is. I think we're going to be getting used to divisionless football in college football very soon. Uh, I think it's for the better, but we'll have a lot of uh, like the ACC going, getting rid of divisions after this yeah, year. So thankfully, enjoy the ACC Coastal while it lasted because we're going to see a very different landscape of college football and how the schedules work out. I'm I'm looking forward to the day the Big Ten gets rid of their divisions because it's going to be glorious, and Indiana might actually have a chance to do something because they don't have to play Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State every single season. That's very true. Indiana definitely gets the raw end of the stick. Really, compared really to Purdue, who's like an hour away, but yeah. in the West, so. They get they get very unfair for the Hoosiers. Yeah, not a good look for us. But we're going to the Pac-12, so let's look at those win totals. Um, again, you can find all the rest of the other conferences that we have done uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and we're going to do the NFL starting in August. But Conference of Champions, Nate, we've got a couple overs, a couple unders that we like. Um, I guess I'll start with Oregon. Go ahead. I love the Ducks. I am all in on Oregon this year. Their total is 8.5, and, and I think that is way too low. I think this could be another double-digit win season for the Ducks. I really like the, the way their schedule looks out. Um, and, I mean, we could start with Dan Lanning, first of all, coming in, um, replacing Mario Cristobal. He inherits what a lot of people, what I've been reading about Oregon, they're saying it's a championship-ready roster. And you look up and down, and it's really hard to find a ton of weaknesses. Now, there's a question mark with Bo Nix. <laughs> and the former Auburn quarterback coming over to Oregon – 
how good is Bo Nix going to be? Because that is a very important question mark because you want your quarterback to be good. But, I, I mean, I think he's going to make the transition to the Pac-12. He's had experience playing SEC defenses, playing in the SEC. Now he's going to the best team in the Pac-12, arguably. I don't think he's going to struggle too much with the experience that he's had. He's he's a mediocre SEC quarterback, but I think that makes him a decent to good Pac-12 quarterback. Well, that's the thing with Bo Nix. We judge him based on what we saw from him in the SEC. He had two offenses, with, first off with Gus Malzahn and not really maybe the best fit for that Malzahn system where he relies on a lot of running. But And then last year, just – Auburn was a dumpster fire and there was a lot of off the field issues with the coach and yep. I guess the off the field stuff is more this year but in the season I don't think there was full belief in in Brian Harson, and he also didn't want to get vaccinated and there was that whole controversy there so I think we can give Bo Nix a pass a guy who is a legacy at Auburn his dad was a quarterback at Auburn so there's a lot of pressure there there's gonna be less pressure at Oregon he goes to uh, a program where the assistant coach Kenny Dillingham was an assistant at Auburn, so there's familiarity there. So that's always a you know good thing that he doesn't have to learn a completely new system at a new school. And as you mentioned, a championship ready roster. And I think the reason why is because Mario Cristobal did recruit amazingly. Really well. Yeah, uh, one of the reasons why USC has been so down is because Mario Cristobal would go into California Taking and pluck those guys. players away from the Trojans. So yeah, there's talent there. I think the issue with me wanting to bet them on terms of the win total is their week one game. And Dan Lanning goes up against yep. the, uh, the the his boss, basically. His old yeah. boss and Kirby Smart. His uh, mentor. He was at Oregon or Georgia last year, helped win the national title as a defensive coordinator for Georgia. Now he's at Oregon. And Georgia in that game, an 18-point favorite. In yeah, they're losing. One. They're so losing Oregon's going to lose one. one game for sure. Yep. And when you have a win total of eight and a half, a little bit more margin of error, less margin of error for the Ducks. The conference is manageable, though, playing the Pac-12 North schedule, even though you're not having divisions anymore. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that Oregon still should be a good team, but it's going to count a lot on Bo Nix this season hey he's got a good offensive line that's the thing he's got one of the best offensive lines not only in the Pac-12 but he has one of the best offensive lines in football they have a lot of returners a lot of talent and uh, you know just a lot of starters that have a lot of experience on that O-line which he didn't have that type of O-line at Auburn he's going to have a really good running back in Byron Caldwell returning I think that offense is going to be a lot of fun and I think he's going to fit really well into it and the talent that he has surrounding him on the offense is Pretty good. One of the best in the Pac-12. So that week one game, sure. They'll probably lose against Georgia. Maybe we see a game that they had against Ohio State last year where they just surprised everyone and knocked off a top team and they catch Georgia on, on a hangover type of game coming off a championship win. That's certainly possible, but more, more likely than not, they're going to lose that game. But then you look at the rest of their schedule. I mean, they get Utah at home towards the end of the year. That's, that's a winnable game for them. And the rest is like it's it's pretty much cakewalk for the rest of the Pac-12. Yep. That UCLA game is going to be interesting on October 22nd, but I mean the, the non-con is easy. Other than Georgia, you got Eastern Washington, and you got BYU, Washington State, Stanford, Arizona. They should have a pretty good win streak going going into the UCLA game. And if they win that, they should have that extended to basically that Utah game. Yep, and they avoid USC in the Pac-12 schedule, so they yep. play non-conference games, and USC is one of the teams they don't play. So. Um, the schedule sets up nicely, others on the week one game where they're more than a two-touchdown underdog. So, 
yeah, I'm interested to see what Oregon does and just kind of how that program responds after disappointing results, I'd say, in terms of like how they were oh, recruiting. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how Dan Lanning does because he's a guy who didn't really have to do much defensively. Or he did a lot defensively, but Kirby Smart is a defensive-minded head coach. So right. it's not like he ran the defense or something. So I think that's a lot of pressure asking a lot of him. Obviously, Oregon's a little bit more patient than some of the fan bases in the Southeast, so they're yeah. going to give him plenty of time. And if he's recruiting well, they landed a five-star quarterback from Detroit to come all the way to Oregon, despite all the turmoil with the Pac-12. So obviously, he's recruiting well. And yeah, have, that's all that helps. You have the Phil Knight resources, the Phil Knight money, that's the Nike need. brand. Yeah. So there's some good things of going with Oregon. I think that's what makes him maybe an attractive school for a conference to poach away if the Pac-12 kind of dissolves. And you can get this number pretty well at eight and a half. Yeah. You can get it uh, the over at minus 127, a weird number, <laughs> but I'll take it. It's yeah. under minus 130. Oh, you get sure. eight and a half. I think nine wins is the re- is a realistic option for this team. I think it's the most likely scenario for Oregon would be nine wins. I could see 10. I, I could see 10 wins. They surprise people. Maybe they beat Utah. They got that chip on that shoulder from getting whooped by them twice, yeah. twice last season. I bet on Oregon – I think that first game, in, and then in, in, the, Lake, in the championship yeah. game, I was like, I, I got to stay away from the Ducks against Utah. They they just yeah. can't figure that team out. It but was, this year's different. It was pretty telling that Oregon, I think they were ranked third in the country playing an unranked Utah, maybe like 25th yeah. Utah, and, and Utah was a three-point favorite in that game. I think that's that's how you know. Kind of what the betting markets thought of uh, Anthony Brown, their quarterback, and also maybe Mario Cristobal's conservative mindset although i did make a case last week for miami so i shouldn't want to bash mario too much yeah no mario hate but also speaking of utah and transitions you like the over yes let's go with utah because you did set that up nicely and utah is my favorite win total in the pac-12 or at least the over uh over eight and a half you can get at minus 130 i would snatch that up now because i think those is going to move to nine as we get close to Labor Day. I also like him in week one at Florida, a team that's one of my under teams uh, when we talked about in the SEC. So I like Utah at anything under a field goal favorite in Gainesville. I know there's always concern about the Pac-12 team stepping up in class against the SEC. It's not a historical thing that does well, but I think the direction both teams are going right now, I think Utah under a field goal is a good bet, even though it's at Florida at night in the swamp. Do you think they can steal that win? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I like Utah a lot. I think they're wow. one of the most physical teams in the country, and that's kind of going to be able to travel. It's not a, a flashy team where things go start going poorly. They're going to fold. It's a team that can fight through adversity because of how physical they are. Yep. And I mentioned that I worry about Florida, some of their just depth issues because Dan Mullen wasn't a good recruiter. So I like Utah a lot in that game. Cam Rising returns as quarterback. Uh, they only lost one regular season game when he took over for Charlie Brewer last year. As I mentioned, a physical team on both sides of the ball. They they play to how Kyle Winningham wants them to play, and they have a proven track record. They won the Pac-12 last year. You can get them at 3-1 to one to win the conference. So I like Utah over 8.5. Like them week one against Florida. Like them to win the Pac-12 at 3-1. to one. One of the reasons I like them to win the Pac-12 is because I'm going to explain why I like the under on USC and kind of selling their stock at a at kind of a the height of USC, at least for now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Utah for me, a pick I like a lot. Uh, I would get that over 8.5, minus 130 as soon as possible. It's Kyle Winningham Conference. At this point, he's, he's shown that he's, yeah. he's the king for Utah. And it's interesting, too, because they have to – let me see. I believe they have to go 
to UCLA. Yeah, that's a tough game, but they do host USC. They do. So. Well, I was going to say that because UCLA is my other over team that I have. Okay. For my for I think it's at eight and a half is the number for UCLA. And again, that's that's a number that I really like because UCLA was was my team last year. I <laughs> loved UCLA, and as long as Dorian Thompson Robinson was playing quarterback, I loved that team. The offense yep. was great. Chip Kelly was able to coach him up and figure out honestly how to play a little bit of defense. That team was decent. Decent defensively, which is all you can ask for for a Pac-12 team like UCLA. So I might have to ride with UCLA again throughout the season. I'm definitely going to hit their over um, at 8.5. The best number it looks like is minus 105 that you can get out there for the over at 8.5. Returning quarterback, fifth year. Fifth year for Dorian Thompson Robinson. (laughs) I mean, that's he's already shown that he can be one of the top quarterbacks in the Pac-12. I think he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks this season. They're getting their running back back. And then you look at the schedule, Nate, and it is... Gorgeous. It's mwah, it's a chef's kiss. Just the easiest non-conference schedule. Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama. I mean, that looks like something Indiana would set up for the non-conference <laughs> games. It's that easy. Colorado and then Washington. So by the time they go to Utah in week five, in week six, excuse me, October 8th, they should be 5-0. and They should easily be 5-0. and And then they get Utah at home. They get USC at home, second to last game. They have to go to Oregon, which could be a loss for them. But they lose if they lose to Utah, Oregon, and USC, they still get nine wins. And I think they knock one of those teams off. So I, I think this is a 10-win season for UCLA. Yeah, usually Pac-12 teams schedule pretty tough, or at least like another Power 5 conference um, or conference opponent or they did not something else. But UCLA, they don't care about <laughs> nope. the strength of schedule and what the – committee or college playoff committee might say about them if they do have a good start because yeah bowling green alabama state south alabama then you're playing the weakest pac-12 school the worst pac-12 school in colorado and boulder but still not a good program right now and then you have two home games before a bye so really favorable setup for ucla this season and i do have some questions because they do lose a lot of other players defensively is going to be do come back with dtr and then because of the schedule and a lot of times in college football schedule when we talked about it in the first show it's all about the schedule sometimes like ucla might be worse than they were last year but they might end up winning more games because the schedule kind of breaks nicely for them where they still have to play oregon and washington from those north schools but i think just the easy non-conference gives them a leg up in terms of um total wins that they could end up getting and i will say this uh looking at the line they're a 26 point favorite week one against bowling green mm. i probably i'm probably still gonna hit that really they, i probably am wow. I, I think they went by 30 i listen i believe in the brewers <laughs> now, bowling green is i mean i know like two years ago or whatever they were one of the worst teams in in power five like yeah. 129 out of 130 that's, that's so. a 30 point win 35 Maybe point win for ucla but, <laughs> but also the interesting thing i saw um, they have a UCLA-USC line out for November 19th. Yep, UCLA is a three-and-a-half-point home dog. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I, think, I think that's a little bit of UCLA being – you have to pay a tax if you want to bet on USC. Sorry, yeah. USC, just because of the hype, and we'll get yep. to that team shortly. I like that line. But also, there's not a home field advantage. There's right. going to be more USC fans there in will the crowd, be. especially if USC has some um, juice – to it there's yeah. gonna be fans of usc coming back traveling taking the short trip to well not the short it's in the same city but um i don't think home field advantage really matters in the rose bowl for okay, that bruins fans for that show up i they, they have to show up this is the, this is the year i would just say maybe we'll, well depends what you think on usc i'm not high on them but maybe wait on that game you might be able to get a better number 
uh, closer to that game. Um, I'll go with my last over, and it's back to the Pacific Northwest where you talked about Oregon, and I'm going to make a case for Washington. Over seven and a half this year. I'm expecting dramatic improvement from the Huskies after being very undercoached last year by head coach Jimmy Lake. Yep. A defensive minded coach who used to wear run the damn ball hats in press conferences. And oh boy. They in fact ran the ball and they were very inefficient doing so. <laughs> who would have thought? John Donovan, his offensive coordinator, is a horrible play caller. A horrible job by him hiring him. I guess he wanted to run the ball, so he got a guy who uh would have been a, probably a good coach in like the 1990s before passing in football was a thing. So anyway, <laughs> Washington, we have a new head coach in Kalen DeBoer who did yeah. a great job at Fresno State. And you might know him. He was the offensive coordinator yeah. in Indiana in 2019. And his quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., yep. Michael Penix Jr., brought over from Bloomington to Seattle to be the quarterback, got him in the transfer portal. So a lot of familiar there. It's Indiana between West. DePore and Penix. Exactly. Indiana so, West. I mean, he knows the offense. We mentioned how Bo yeah. Nix has a leg up maybe because he knows the offense at Oregon with a former assistant coach. Same thing with Michael Penix Jr. So don't expect too much of a learning curve because he knows the offense. Win total at 7.5 schedule-wise. They get Michigan State in Week 2 which is a game where I wouldn't be surprised if I'm betting Washington, especially if they are a three-point underdog. I saw a game of the year line where you can get Washington plus three right now, especially since Michigan State, a team that I'm trying to sell early in the season. So I'm making a probably bet on Washington in that game. And if they win that game, I really like their chances of over seven and a half. Even if they lose that game, though, I still like the chances of them going over because they avoid playing Utah and USC. Uh, in the conference play because they are they weren't going to get them in the Pac-12 uh, cross-division games. So I think there's a lot of uh, favorable stuff going for Washington this, this year, and uh, Kalen DeBoer could have immediate success right away. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I would say, as someone from Indiana <laughs> who watched Michael Penix pretty, pretty much every snap he played, for sure, uh, he's made a glass. Yep. So that's the only I, I, like I don't know who Washington's backup is, and I don't know if you, that was in your research or not. But I would hope for your sake that they have a capable backup quarterback because more likely than not, unless Michael Penix really had some insane offensive development, got into the weight room, worked on his muscles, tried to get better, they're more than likely going to have to go to their backup quarterback at least once this season. I actually think this off the top of my head, it might sound stupid, but I'm pretty sure Brock Hewitt's son really is the Washington backup. He was a really prized <laughs> recruit. Uh, one of the good things Jimmy Lake did. So maybe they have some depth there. A guy with a lot of pedigree, a guy with a big name. So yeah. maybe they will be fine if Penix goes down. But maybe he did transfer. I don't know. I don't with the way things go nowadays in college football. Um, it, Sam Heward. Hopefully he's still there in case Penix gets hurt. And you I'm know. sure Kalen DeBoer, who did a very good job with, uh, forgot his name, the Fresno State quarterback, Jake Hayner, who was yeah. actually supposed to follow DeBoer to Washington and then decided to go back to Fresno State and was at Washington as like when he started his college career. So a lot of connections to that school. Uh, yeah, I think Sam Heward's still the uh, quarterback at Washington. So, well, there you go. That, that was because uh, you need you need a good backup when you got Michael Penix, and he was a five star kid. So, number twelve uh, player nationally in the class of two thousand twenty one. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed, leveraging over one hundred forty million qualifications and preferences every day. 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There you so go. So the only two quarterback recruits ahead of him were Quinn Ewers, who we talked about. Texas. Texas yeah. potential quarterback. And then a guy we're going to talk about shortly, Caleb Williams. So <laughs> there you Washington go. might have a loaded quarterback room this year. <laughs> and over seven and a half, I think minus 118 was the best of VIG on the over. So yeah. I'm going to probably bet that very shortly. All right, let's go to the unders. I only have one under. You have two. Uh, you broke the rules for some of the conferences that we did. I'm going to break the rule. I only got one under go for ahead. this one, and it is a hot under when I told oh, yeah. you about this. It's Colorado. It's the Buffs. <laughs> uh, they're bad, and they're going to be bad, and they were bad last season, and they will be probably even worse this season because they were a bad team, and they lost, I believe, 23 of their players. So they're going to go from a bad team losing more players to probably a worse team. And they're over-unders three and a half. And it's been bet down. What was it? Do you know what it opened? Was it four, four and a half, somewhere around there? Because it has been bet down. Yeah, so Colorado, I think, opened. It's still opened at three and a half on okay. the buffs. But as you're probably going to mention, a really, really brutal brutal schedule in non-conference. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it opened three and a half juice to the under okay and since july 1st when i and you can check on my twitter i was tracking win totals for every power conference in nfl um, it was reasonable juice on the under now you have to basically pay through the nose if you want to back under three and a half yeah so basically a lot of sports books are moving it to three minus 110 each way i'd be i'd still i'd be okay with that i think they get two so okay they lose 23 players they lose leading rusher top two receivers both starting defensive backs and a starting safety and their non-conference schedule, for yep. some reason, they gave themselves a very difficult non-conference schedule that starts with TCU at home. Going to lose that. They'd go to Air Force. They'll probably win that one. That's probably I one of their wins. Maybe. Air Force might win the Mound West and a triple option team. All right. So, so I, I like Air Force. Thing. Air Force is going to be a favorite in that game. They're actually one of the better teams in the Mound West. So. You know, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. So you can actually mark that as a loss I'll mark Perfect. Because then they go to Minnesota. That's right. another loss. Right. UCLA, a loss. At Arizona, that's a chance, maybe. That's maybe. a huge game for both schools who are lined <laughs> yeah. at like two and a half wins. <laughs> so, yeah, so maybe, all right. We'll, that better be Pac-12 after dark, oh, Colorado oh, to Arizona. That would for, be the best. The loser will probably not win a conference game. <laughs> that's going to be like, it's going to be like 50 to 45 or something, and there's going to be no defense, and the offense is going to look terrible. So that maybe all right, we'll chalk that up as one win. California, probably a loss. At Oregon State, I think they lose one of those at Oregon State or at Arizona. I don't, I don't know if they win both on the road, even though they're both bad teams. Oh, Oregon State's a good team. That's a good offense. They're going right, to lose so at Oregon we'll, State. We'll chop that as yeah. a loss. Arizona State, loss. Oregon, loss. USC, loss. Washington, loss. Utah, loss. It's a brutal November. So one, maybe two wins this season, and you can brutal still get them November. under three. Yeah. So even if by a miracle they get three wins, you, you push. Right. They're not getting three wins. Four, to, four would beat you, and yeah. Uh, the, I think the only games that I, I would say they have a shot of winning, Arizona, um, and that's on the road, and then home games against Cal, and Arizona State, 
mostly because Boulder sometimes can be a tricky place to play because of elevation. Yeah. And by the time they play Arizona State, that team could be um, total in total quit mode. But yeah, so. Yeah, Colorado, rough. I, not really sure why they – I mean, it was probably a long time ago, but having to schedule or having two teams from the Power Five on your non-conference schedule plus nine co- nine conference games yeah. and then a triple option in-state opponent in Air Force who is actually very good right now, uh, that's as bad of a schedule. is one of the toughest schedules good. you could probably ask for um, out of a team in the Pac-12 where some of the conference games are a little bit lighter, but – Definitely not in this case this year for the Buffaloes and it's Carl Doral is uh, would be surprised if if money's not an issue he'll probably be out of work uh, yeah. very soon in Boulder yeah that's a, that's a rough look for the Buffs sorry sorry we have to do that but I I think under three if you can get under three and a half at a reasonable number which right now you probably can't yeah. but if you can get under three at minus one ten hammer it baby Absolutely. hammer that number it is you're gonna have to lock your money up for a while because it's an under for the win total. But man, it's gonna be so sweet. Yeah, only till Thanksgiving. Only yeah, you're it's gonna not that long. <laughs> it's fine. You'll be fine. Put put a little bit on it. I think that's that's as good of a number as you'll get. And if Colorado somehow just becomes a good team and wins f- four games, there's no way. First of all, they'd have to match last year's win total while losing most of their players. Yep, it's numbers aren't in their favor. Not gonna happen for the Buffs this year. I have no. an agreement on that. And then let's go with my unders. And I realized that either I in the four previous shows I either planned to do three unders because I couldn't find another <laughs> yeah. over, like last week with or last episode with the Big Twelve. And then for the ACC, I only planned on doing two. And then I talked myself into North Carolina because of some quotes by Mac Brown at ACC Media Day. So I'm just going to stick with two here. I'm not going to be as negative on the Pac-12 as I probably could be. <laughs> uh, but I do like an under a lot, and it's USC. Okay. I'm selling the hype on USC. No Trojans. And they're going to be better, obviously, greatly improved. Lincoln Riley, one of the best hires in college football since probably Ohio State got Urban Meyer. Yep. You bring in Caleb Williams. You bring in other transfers, including wide receiver Jordan Addison from Pitt, who was awesome last season. Um, but – thing with USC is, and they were bad last year, they didn't win a lot of games, but they're expecting now to win over nine and a half, if you want to go over, on the USC win total. And that just seems very unrealistic right now. I think oddsmakers' expectations have gone too far, and the fact that Lincoln Riley's there, that Caleb Williams there is all factored in the number, yeah. and that it's too high of an expectation for Lincoln Riley in his very first season at a new school. There's other deficiencies on the rosters from a few cycles of bad recruiting under Clay Helton. The reason why he had bad recruiting is because it always looked like he was going to get fired. So well, if you're a recruit, right. why would you want to sign up for a program if you know that that head coach or think that head coach might not be there when you step on camp as a freshman? So because Clay Helton was a lame duck coach for all those years, it's hurt USC in recruiting. I think they take a big, big hit this season. Obviously, they brought in a lot of transfers and some talent, so it's not going to be totally bad for them, but the defense is going to give up a lot of points. And I like Utah a lot this season. I think when USC goes to Utah, Utah is going to be not a substantial favorite, but they're going to be a favorite in that game. That's going to be a tough environment for USC to play in. And then they also finish against Notre Dame. So they do avoid Oregon and Washington from the Pac-12 North or the North part of the conference uh, before the division uh, change. But I think they're going to already have three losses before that Notre Dame game to close the season. Really? So I'm betting under 9.5 on USC, and you can get that at plus 100. So, all right, so the losses, Utah, Notre Dame, 
probably UCLA. Yeah, I'd say UCLA. I, I mean, UCLA, UCLA, but let's again, call that half a loss, just because that's truly a, a coin flip, in my opinion. What team? What What's the other team that upsets them? You know what? It sounds crazy to say, but Week Four at Oregon State, going up to Corvallis. Yeah. I think Caleb Williams, when he was like dreaming about being the 2024 number one pick, was <laughs> thinking, "Oh, I have to go to Oregon State. That's gonna be a late night game too. The yeah. Pac-12 is probably gonna screw USC yep. because they're not very good at taking care of their own program. So, I think Oregon State's a potential <laughs> loss that could be at fun. Utah, um, at UCLA, and then Notre Dame. That's All what right. I'll say is the losses for USC, who obviously they're going to be greatly improved, but the expectations are sky high in year one for Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think an upset from either Oregon State, I think that's a really good upset time would be on the road at Oregon State. Most likely is going to be a fun night <laughs> Can't game. wait for that game. Yeah, that's... <laughs> the Pac-12 games I'm looking forward to the most that don't involve Utah are USC at Oregon State and then the week after Colorado at Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> What, Those a, are the games. what a league it's going to be this season. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you got one more under two. Yeah, this kind of low-hanging fruit, and it I'm is. just going to pick on Arizona State. Because it's too easy. If you don't know, if you don't follow college football very closely, just know that Arizona State off the field is a complete dumpster fire right now. Yeah. There is an NCAA ongoing investigation going on. Herm Edwards, who you know, if you know, if you like football, you know as an NFL coach, you know him probably from TV. He's been the Arizona State coach of 2018. He's somehow still the coach despite all these investigations going on <laughs> at the program with potential uh, violations in recruiting. They've had to fire a lot of guys on their staff, and they have three tough games to start the conference late against Utah at USC and against Washington before a bye. They also have Oklahoma State in Stillwater and non-conference. So I think there's a good chance they start two and four before the bye. Oof. And at that point, the administration might start making plans for next season, and whether it's firing Herm Edwards then or just the players kind of quit and they have trouble winning the seven games required to beat me. Or it's, I think six and a half is heavily juiced under – so maybe more reasonable six, but I th- don't see Arizona State making a bowl game this year. I like the under on Arizona State. Let's call it under six and minus one twenty-five. Just kind of splitting the difference because there are five and a half out there. Yeah. There are six and a half out there. So a more fair price where it's more even um, on the over and under in terms of juice would be six. I don't think Arizona State gets seven wins. I think they start off slow, and then there's a lot of quit on this team because the coach, they know the coach will be gone and just the potential before the season, more turmoil facing the program, and probably not a lot of motivation going on in Tempe with what the situation is there. Well, you know me. I'm, all, I'm always down to absolutely fade Herm Edwards. That's one of my favorite activities, especially as a college football coach. I remember trying to do it in 2018 and being very wrong. Yeah. I think at this point, though, now, the way Arizona State is, I mean, you, you laid it out well. Emory Jones, who right. uh, well, who knows how good he's going to be. I know he came from Florida, but in the system with Herm Edwards as a head coach, how, how much can you really thrive at that point? Yeah, and Jaden Daniels was their quarterback, a highly touted recruit. I think the jury's still out on him, and he actually went to LSU, and he might I'm not sure he's going to win the starting job or not, but losing Daniels is a big loss for an Arizona State team that loses a lot of other players, a lot of starters from last year's team. Um, I think things get really ugly in Tempe, and 
Maybe yeah. Colorado uh, could beat uh, Arizona State. Oh, man. I hope not for, <laughs> I think for the actually sake of my said, win total. I mean, it's in Boulder. I don't think – It the, is in Boulder. If Arizona State, if, like, the bottom falls out, I don't think they're going to have much motivation for playing yeah. Halloween weekend in Boulder, Colorado. It could be a disaster of a team for them at that point. And yeah. Colorado – when a team has nothing to lose at that, I mean, at that point, they're yeah. going to know their season's probably over. <laughs> that could be a win, but that's all right because that'll still get them three wins, and then you push unless you just really take the heavy juice on the on the over. Um, so that's our so those are our teams: the over teams, yep. Oregon, Utah, and Washington. We love their overs uh, and UCLA. I want to put that in there yep. as well. So Oregon, UCLA, Utah, Washington, and then Colorado, USC, and Arizona State are our unders. Yep, and I like utah to win the pac-12 you can get that at plus 300 301 it's a good number i like it yeah so that's pac-12 and nate we made it done with college football win totals that's how we know it's summer now we got time NFL. for the nfl Ooh, we'll boy. start that next week we'll go division by division all eight divisions we'll do two episodes yep. per week up until i think it's that like before or after week zero or before week zero of college football so the schedule lines up pretty nicely where we'll finish off the nfl do eight episodes there and then we'll be able to preview week one of college football and we'll have a full schedule and keep you guys updated uh, once we figure some stuff out find us at stadium bets and uh leave us a comment review let us know what you want we got all the uh, picks all of our best bets are coming up for week one of the nfl week zero of college football we're excited we're ready and we got more nfl win totals next week we